Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Cody Smith, founder of Virtuous Fitness and Virtuous Grappling. Each week, we're bringing new episodes focusing on fitness, nutrition, grappling, personal development, business, and much more. It's my mission to give you the information and tools you need to optimize your life through our Create Yourself mindset. If you enjoy this show, be sure to give it a rating and review on whatever platform you use, and be sure to click the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. What's going on, you guys, and welcome back to the Virtuous Coach Podcast. In today's episode, we've got an interview that I did with my good friend Cody McBroom on his podcast, the Tailored Life Podcast. I recently went out to his place, vlogged the whole experience too. That's going to be dropping on YouTube here soon, but just recently went out to his place. I love to go out there just because he's a local guy. Him and I, you know, he started out as a business mentor actually and just over the years we've just grown closer and closer and now instead of a, a business relationship it's more of just god man he's like my best friend and we love to any time that we can get together spend time together we do double dates together it's just always good times with i'm with him when i'm with him but I had the opportunity to go out there and we did a podcast when i'm out there and really you know, a lot of times, you know, Cody's so well known for like talking about fitness and nutrition and programming and all those types of things. And for me, like, I, I just love any opportunity that him and I just get to talk about life. And, and that's essentially what we did in this show. I mean, we talk philosophy, we talk parenting, we talk leadership, we talk a little bit of business, we talk training. It was just such a dense show. I mean, I believe this episode is like an hour. It's like an hour and 45 minutes. This easily could have been like Joe Rogan level recording where we could have went for a couple of hours or a couple more hours. Just a a great opportunity just to listen to two really dense thinking guys just kind of go in on all these different aspects. And I'm really, I'm really excited for you guys to be able to listen to it. Make sure to check him out. You can check him out on Instagram. He's at Cody McBroom. And then make sure to subscribe to his podcast on Apple and on iTunes. Again, it's the Tailored Life Podcast. Make sure to check that out. Give him a follow. And if you guys enjoyed the show, one way you can always repay us is just to simply take a screenshot on your phone and then just post on your Instagram story. I love when people do that because it just gives me an opportunity to one, see who's listening to the show, but also gives me this opportunity just to connect with you guys and to you know learn about takeaways and lessons that you got from it. And I mean, at the end of the day, just being a, a human and, and getting to know people is always pretty cool. But again, take that screenshot, post it on your story, and then without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get this episode rolling. See you guys on the next one. Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast. This is the fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps average people live above average lives and do it all in an above average physique. That's what we're about here. And today I have another average dude accomplishing above average things. It's always interesting when I intro people that way and they're like, is that a compliment? No, because right when I hear average, I'm like, well, yeah. Ah. But I say that to say, I would you were average. I would say you're above average. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. Every day trying to do yeah. the opposite of whatever but, average is, or exactly. whatever people would use that label for. Exactly, and that's the whole point, right? Yeah. And I think uh, it's become our motto at yeah. Taylor Coachman. Man, I love it. It's like, and it's inspiring for people because it's. I had a call with a guy the other day, um, and he literally was. He told me the reason he was coaching. Um, shout out to Acuzio, if you're listening to this, the reason he's coaching with us now is because he heard me speak at an event and he was like, man, I was listening to all these speakers and stuff. You came up and the first thing you said was my name's Cody McBroom and I'm just an average dude. 
He's like, instantly I knew this was my guy. And I listened to your talk and it just, it filled me with inspiration that I could do more because you were explaining all the reasons why there's nothing special about you, but you can still do special things, accomplish special results, live a special life. I don't like the word special, but like, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. I don't know why that's, maybe this is me being too like alpha and masculine, but it doesn't sound masculine to me. Um, But point being is like, that's the whole idea is like, how do we make people live above average lives? So that's been our tagline. I love that. I actually didn't know that you recorded that like in your Frisella style, like right off the cuff, like remembering like your intro every single time. Oh, really? Because I listen to it. It sounds the same every time. Yeah. And I didn't know that you did it live. It probably like, ch- much more respect, respect, like oh, yeah. I already respected you pretty high. Like now it's up even higher. Oh, thank you. Man. Freaking professional. Dude. I've put a lot of reps in, <laughs> uh, they, it, it also probably changes a little bit. It does. Cause sometimes I'll say coaching podcast instead of fitness nutrition. I don't, I don't even pick And then up I'm like, I, I like it though. Cause it's whatever comes to mind. It's always along the lines of like this, look, we're training nutrition, we're coaching. And it's always along those lines. And it's always along the lines of we go way beyond just, mm-hmm just fitness and nutrition but i said the other day i was like this is the coaching podcast that's Mm -hmm. what i'm gonna call like this is this that's all we're about yeah coaching this is the coaching podcast i actually struggle with you know a lot of guys out there in the business world like man you gotta niche down you gotta you gotta really identify with like one thing for your brand and like get really good at that thing i'm like man but it's like so handcuffed Mm -hmm. because i just like so many things i like running i like lifting i like athletic performance i like jujitsu like so like coaching kind of speaks to me too. Cause it's just like, well, mm-hmm. I just help people get better at all things. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I would say this too. I mean, shit, look at CrossFit. Yeah. CrossFit is being really good at randomness. I mean, to, you know what I mean? Like that's, what's special about it too. Is like yeah. you go into workout, you don't know what to expect. And that's, what's kind of like the element of surprise is kind of cool, but it's also against all the lines of periodization and strength training and hyper- I know. everything. I know. But if you can get really good at randomness, like that's so, I say that to say, there's a lot of people out there that don't just want to focus on one thing, don't mm-hmm. just want to learn about one thing. And that's, I mean, that's the niche, bro. It's been interesting as I've like posted more content of like jujitsu and running and lifting and not listen so much to like what the business gurus say per se. Right. How interesting it's been that like so many people that also like, oh man, it's cool to see a guy that's running and lifting and doing, like I do the same thing. Like on my YouTube all the time, I get people that'll comment and say like, oh man, it's cool to see another person doing all these things and like doing the the hybrid thing, but adding jujitsu into it. Yeah. Whereas like before I was like, well, I can't like share this other stuff because then I'll get less followers and, or I'll get less people that pay attention to my content. And it just so far hasn't been the case. No, yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, guruism or advice that's just, even the niche thing, I think that goes too far. A lot of times people, it, it like, I don't know, because even for us, who do we work with? Well, maybe it's not, maybe it's not goes too far. I think people get misdirected with it. Because if I think of our niche, it's like, well, it's generally fat loss or muscle growth. It's body composition, mm-hmm. right? And it's men and women. It's 30 to 50 years old. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? There's like all these different things. They don't all have a specific problem or a specific location they live in a specific because I remember like filling out avatar worksheets years ago trying to like business plan and it'd be like where do they eat where do they shop what kind of magazines books do they read and I was like okay is this necessary like I understand it you got to know the person but that's that's to me where the um, the average to above average thing came in it's Mm -hmm. like well we work with people who like that tagline that 
I've seen, it's funny, dude, I've seen people steal now. I've seen people steal like aspects of our logo, like the inverted R yeah. multiple times in people's logos. That's flattery, bro. It is. It's cool. Yeah. Like I don't, I have no problem with that. Sure. I've seen it with people who hire us too. I'm like, oh, yeah. this, okay, cool. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> um, but like even the finally look like you work out thing, I'm like, okay, I started that one, but yeah. I've heard people say it. We surveyed people that worked with us. That's what they were telling us. Sure. So to me, that's a perfect example as though. It's like, man, I do a lot of the things, but I don't look like I do the things, right? I don't look above average. I don't, I don't have an above average life yet, mm-hmm. you know? So we, we, I don't know. And there's something special about that, man. I, I got an email. I was sitting out and this is what I do in my free time to relax. I was uh, sitting out back, smoking a cigar, listening to not Chris Stapleton this time. I was listening to uh, what was playing. It was, uh, I think it was a mix of like Nirvana and Pearl Jam's, like some like old grungy, like 90s stuff. Just kind of playing in the background. And I was reading emails from clients. <laughs> and, uh, but I had an email from a guy that was like, I mean, he was, he's a, he's a war vet. Like he was telling me about, I mean, he's lost people in his life because of being in the army. And, and now he's in a good place mentally. And a lot of it, he contributes to what we're doing. And it was like, so humbling and yeah. such an honor to hear because I'm like, dude, like I'm just kind of like drawing the path for you to follow a little bit. Sure. You know what I mean? Like I just, I don't know, but it was, it like gave me chills reading. It was crazy, but um, it's just crazy to see like this stuff goes so far. It's like that diagram I made on Instagram. It's like physical transformation leads to discipline, self-control, will, or, um, delayed gratification and patience. And, or maybe it was patience, then delayed gratification and discipline, then self-control, whatever it may be. But it's like, if you go through the hard shit physically, all of a sudden you start developing these traits that make you a better parent, that make you a better father or husband, that make you a better leader, that make you a better brother, make you a better coach, make you a better business owner, make you better at being a human being, like just in general, you know? And I think a lot of people struggle to develop the traits that will carry on in their life through anything else. Like, so if, if, if for no other reason, if you're an average person and you just, you're tired of not being successful in other things, or you're struggling to develop, you should just go through a physical transformation. You should yeah. just try to get shredded. You should go do jujitsu. You should go do something because it's going to teach you life lessons that make you better at everything else. It's so funny this morning. <clears throat> so yesterday I decided that we were no longer going to have a cleaning crew. We were going to get rid Love of that. all of our like just the amenities, right? Like right now we have this company that brings us towels every day so that we can like, so our clients can, you know, wipe off their sweat and stuff like that, which in my head was like, good idea, five star, like, you know, how many functional fitness facilities do you got a Mm -hmm. a freaking towel service, right? Like, so we try to take it to the next level there. But yesterday I made the decision, like we're doing away with all that stuff. We're going to do our own towels. We're going to stock our own bathrooms. We're going to do our own cleaning. We're getting rid of all this stuff. And I got some pushback from, some of my team. So this morning I'm, I'm just like kind of sitting on it for a second because one of them sends me a text like, hey, just, just what I'm thinking. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to cause issues. I'm not trying to like stir the pot. I just know that you value my, you value my advice and I want to give it to you. So the advice was given and a lot of it was, it seemed like it was geared around like I, they had taken it as if like I was trying to save money. And I was like, this has nothing to do with money. This has everything about the do everything to do with like how we think as a team. Mm. I was like, how can this, this is going to tie into like how we essentially like how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. So like you're saying like you get physically fit, you're likely just going to expand and get better in your life. I equate that to like, if we can't clean up after ourselves or keep our gym clean, 
how could I ever p- help, uh, like possibly help a person transform physically, mentally? So I, so I said that this has nothing to do with the, the saving money side. It's all about like us understanding what the assignment is. The assignment is we need to care for this gym as if it was our client. It's, it's, it's about like, we can never be above it. We can never say like, well, I'm too good to, to mop. I'm too good to like, if I go take a leak, I'm going to wipe the, the toilet bowl off. Like we can never be too good to do that. And the minute we are, we are, we are subpar. We are becoming average and, and being like the average human being in the world, which yeah. I did a 20 minute rant one time in a team meeting about like how I'm obsessed with not being mediocre, AKA average, right? Yeah. I, like, I won't accept it. And if you, if you guys are looking for that, maybe like being on my team is not the best thing for you. So when I sent that out, his response was like, Roger that I hadn't considered that. I thought I had taken this as like you were trying to save money. And I was like, no, 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 this is a core value alignment that I'm trying to get us on. Yeah. But it's kind of in line with what you're saying about like being average in one thing, you're likely going to be average in other. And when you make one thing exceptional, that's kind of like the gateway drug into just being exceptional as a human being kind of in general. Yeah. yeah. One of the big takeaways for that, for me, cause I love that dude. I, I agree hundred percent. I think that, when there's two things on this one, your facility is going to be better taken care of now because they know if it's not, it's up to them to clean it up. Correct. Right. And so, and, uh, thankfully, like, I mean, not thankfully my wife doesn't listen to this podcast anyway, <laughs> but like, for example, most of the time, not all the time, at least 50%, but no more than 70%. I do the dishes, right? Like that's one of the things like, there's only a few house chores. You know how she is about like, the way the house looks sure. and the cleanliness and the decor and the everything. There's only a few house chores you trust me with. <laughs> so like laundry's one of them. And I, I don't mind laundry and dishes. Like those I'm like, dope, I'm good with them. And then obviously mowing lawn shit like that. Right. But the way I look at it is like, if I'm doing the dishes, like sh- she'll cook and leave some stuff out or just put the dishes in the, like, because she's not doing them. Right. right? And at the end of the day, they're going to get washed. But when I know I'm going to have to do the dishes, and she probably does this when she knows she's going to have to do them if I'm out of town or something, yeah. I clean as I cook, right? I cook, and then while that's simmering, if I'm done with this, I rinse it off because that's going to make my job easier. I just got to put it in the You ever seen those memes where it's like when my wife cooks? Yeah. And it's just like everything he does, like one chop, one chopping board for this, and then one frying pan for this, and then yeah. one plate for this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not upset. <laughs> We're reusing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you clean as you go, right? Sure. And so I think for one, it's like it, it teaches you the skill of like keeping up with things better. But the other thing it makes me think about too, and this is probably way more applicable, is when similar to how you said, like you're developing those traits and those skills and stuff like that, and it's putting the responsibility on you. But when you put responsibility on yourself, you learn what you're capable of, right? You learn the capacity at which you have the potential for. And so I think of this when I think of, um, so for example, um, the, uh, I don't think this will, I think this will air after the competition's done. So my team will hear this afterwards, but we had a team, we, every Monday we have a call meeting and then, um, and that's every week and it's a shorter, like fire you up, let's get into the week. And I was like, all right, I got a $500 gift card to Amazon and, uh, whoever posts, uh, the most, uh, selfies of your clients wearing our shirts wins it. Mm. And they're all like, $500 to Amazon? I was like, $500 gift card to Amazon? I was like, how can I get on that Taylor Coaching Method payroll? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so I made these Google folders, and I was like, all you got to do is slide them in here, so you better be talking to your clients. And I was like, if you sign up a new client, you know they're getting a shirt. Yeah. I was like, hit up, uh, well, now, spoiler alert, you don't know that clients, but 
you know, if you're, if you're in the U S you get a shirt international is difficult. But, um, I was like, ask Bailey for the tracking, our admin, you know, I was like, she'll tell you the tracking. You'll know exactly when it shows up. Like I want to get as many people on Instagram posting their shirts and being all pumped about it. And, uh, after this is done, the question is why wasn't anybody getting their clients to post selfies before you guys obviously have the capability to do it. Yeah. Right. So if now all of a sudden they keep the gym super clean. So when you guys go to clean, there's like barely anything to do. It's like, why weren't you keeping it super clean before? Because you didn't have the responsibility to pick up after it. Right. And so to me, whenever I see what I'm, po- okay, so this was supposed to be episode thousand. Yeah. Perfect example. That's literally what I was thinking about as you were talking. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to go through our notes here in a yeah, sec yeah. of like some cool stuff that we wrote down to go over with you guys. But I literally was writing down all this stuff. I was like, oh, I'm going to make this a dope episode. And I was like kicking myself. I was like, man, how did I not realize it was coming up? I should have been better prepared for that. And, uh, and, and so I started taking notes. I was like, this is going to be an epic podcast. And then I was like, oh, wait, we're not even like we're at 960 something. That's, right. It doesn't even look like a thousand. I don't understand so why. So now you need to keep track when you get close to that thousand. Oh, yeah. I will. Trust me. And to me, I'm like, well, damn, I just learned all the ways I could prepare better for every single podcast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, simple. That's interesting. So what you were kind of saying about like, when, when you're, when you're talking a thing that I often try to think is like, it's always day $1 zero. Cause like mm. day $1 zero, what are you trying to do? Right. I was listening to hundred million dollar leads on the way here. And just some of the principles he was talking about, have you got that book yet? Yeah. So good. Right. Yeah. As he was going through some of these early principles, just something as simple as like doing reach outs and, and interacting with people and just being a human, like that's like for my business, because I rely so heavily on like paid advertising, I kind of just forgot about that skill of just like, yeah, just reaching out to people, being a good person and what that can do to like help bring you clients. Um, but as far as like what you were speaking about, like you, you take more care of it when you, when you know that like you're like, you're on the line for how it looks basically. And you're the only one that's going to fix it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, something I said to my team this morning in, in regards to that same conversation was like, I want you to think about, I, I, I sent this in a text and I was like, I want you to think about like who, who are our best leaders, uh, who are our best coaches on the floor, and what do what type of details do they also pay attention to? Well, they're the ones that are laces out on the medicine balls. Mm. You know, the the numbers on the dumbbells facing up, mm-hmm. making sure that, because like we got these, reason number 455, why we want to get rid of this company, is like when you get the towels out, they're like cheap towels, so they just shred everywhere. So it's all over the rugs. It's just everywhere. And it's like, but those are the ones that I watch them and they probably open the door so that I can see them do it, but they'll pick up the shreds. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the ones that are like wiping the sink down when they're done and stuff like that. And I was like, man, these things are just all tied together. It's just one big, it's one big ball of excellence, which is what we want. Right. When you can do that stuff when nobody's around, that's when I think you'll be successful. It's like living your life. Like it's always a documentary. Mm-hmm. So like when, if you go out there, the way yeah. the benches are set yeah. is how I wanted them set before I left the gym last night mm-hmm. when I was by myself. It's just funny because you're the only one here right now. So <laughs> when I came in today by myself, yeah. they were how I wanted them to look, yeah. you know, because that stuff matters. Yeah. I think that it's the way that it, that shifted in me, honestly, was definitely linked to when my faith started getting stronger because it just made it easier for me to like connect the two things together versus like, I don't know, like the voice inside of me wasn't me anymore. It was God. And it made it way easier to uh, live to that higher standard per se. And it kind of came about when I started, uh, I I filmed a video about it. It was like uh, the love languages are 
basically lying to you or something like that. I can't remember what I called mm-hmm. it, but essentially it was like, okay, well I'm words of affirmation. Shannon is acts of service. Like we always knew this. And it was like, okay, words of affirmation are what, once I found out that I was words of affirmation, it was almost like I wanted to get words of affirmation even more, which meant if I gave you a gift and I didn't get the response I wanted, or I didn't get a thank you that I wanted. Now I'm pissed off or like I'm annoyed or it wasn't worth it. And it's like, okay, well, did I do it? to get that or did I do it to give? I did it to give. And I'm forgetting that because I'm focused on getting the words of affirmation from somebody else externally. So to me, it's like, okay, when I pick up the trash or when I move the bench or anything and nobody's here to tell me, good job, Cody, (laughs) let me pat you on the butt. (laughs) Inside, I know that like I'm living up to a standard. So if I just got like, I could just picture myself just internally, just give me the nod, like, yep. Good work, dude. Yeah. Like, it's the nod of approval, and that to me is like, okay, I'm living up to that standard. If I consciously know that I'm living up to that standard, twenty four, like, I'm golden. Mm-hmm. Like, it's uh, I don't know, and this might be taken too far. It's down to like the way things match, like my necklace to my shirt color to my pants to my sh- shoes to my sock. Like, I I match everything. I want everything to be lined up perfectly. Um, it's part of the reason why I keep like going back and forth on the mustache. Shannon loves a mustache. And I was like, I'm going to shave it again. She was like, why? Like, it's not clean cut. <laughs> like, why do you want to be clean cut? I was like, there's something about being just like sharp and on point. She's like, well, why don't you just get it line, like, lined up and you'll be fine. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Touche. I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> best of both worlds. But I'm like that with everything, man. I think that it, it, it just goes back to the, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I think it, it's such a cheesy saying, but it's one of those cheesy things that if you just look at the the people who do the best in life, they all abide by that. Success leaves clues. It does. I literally said to the team, I said, if we, if who I would consider like to, to have an environment of excellence is going to pay attention to these things and they're way more successful than me, who am I to just kind of write off some of their actions? Yeah. Right. Like something that Alex said in the book this morning when I was reading was said that like, if somebody's ahead of you in business or in life or something like that, they probably even regardless of the reason that they got there, they know something you don't, they know something you don't know. Right. So like maybe I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to repeat those successful actions that I see myself. Well, people will like, I don't know a better word than poo poo on it, but they'll like poo poo on those things because subconsciously they're either insecure about it. They know it'll challenge them. They don't, they don't believe in their ability to do that thing. Sure. So they will say like, ah, that works for them. Like, ah, my business is different or ah, this is no, it's not. It's all the same. Like it is all the same. You tweak a few things, but like at the end of the day, the reason you subconsciously push those things away and say that they got lucky or that doesn't work or whatever it may be is because it makes you feel uncomfortable in some way, shape or form, right? It brings up a weakness, uh, a lack of skill, self-doubt, whatever it may be. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. I said this about the triggering. People get mad when I said, uh, if you're, if you're a trainer, you should look like a trainer. And I have no, the amount of clients I had that reached out to me and that were like, that's part of the reason why I hired you guys. It's because you guys look the part, you act the part, you live the part. Like, I, I don't, don't know how you could do what we do without doing that. I don't know why people get mad at that is what the clients would tell me. I'm like, I don't know either, but apparently I'm, I'm an asshole for it. But, but like, that is the perfect example. And I think just at the end of the day, it's, it's, if a, if something triggers you, you gotta, you gotta be able you're not going to be successful unless you can ask deep enough questions to yourself in life. And if you can't ask yourself, if you can't stop from reacting to the, the thing that triggers you and just ask yourself, why is this making me upset? 
like you are not going to go very far. Like I even do this with my wife. Like if something bugs me, like I'll stop now and like really go, like maybe I'll blow up first because I'm more comfortable <laughs> home. And then I go away and I think, and then I come back and I'm like, it was stupid for me to get mad about that. And here's why. And sometimes it's not even why she is mad or why she is, she thinks I shouldn't be upset. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, this is why it's illogical for me to get mad about that. And it's like, oh, well, okay. I can't, I can't even count how many times on a weekly basis. And, and these don't always like manifest externally, but like, I'll just feel triggered by something. And then I almost always will try to like sit in it for a second. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I triggered by this? Like, why am I so frustrated by this thing happening? And it almost always is not like the thing that's happening. It's something yeah. else. Who triggered, like when my kids are acting a certain way, a lot of times it, because I feel like I have led them astray somewhere and they're acting, that behavior mm. is present because of something I did or did not teach them. That's yeah. one thing I think about. Or it, maybe, maybe this makes me sound like a jerk, but like sometimes I, f- I don't like feeling out of control. Like I yeah. don't, because I know that I trust me. I trust my judgment. I trust my actions. I trust like what I'm willing to do in certain situations. So like when certain things happen and I realize that like, well, I've got no control here. It like makes me just super anxious because yeah. I'm like, if I don't have control, this thing's going to blow up. Well, that's not always true. It's a common entrepreneur trait. Yeah. And that's also why a lot of times I know for me, the thing that probably gives me anxiety more than anything is when something interferes with my schedule because I have it so locked in. I'm in control of everything that's going to happen in my day. Yeah. And then something comes in and I'm like, Oh God, like I'm out of, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you're probably better at that. Cause my entire day is your never, kid's yeah. dynamic is so like you use multiple kids. Yeah. I got one and she doesn't play sports. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I'm good. Like I was supposed to run. I was only supposed to run Thursday morning, like yesterday morning. And I got done with coaching Wednesday night at 6 PM. And then we took a trip out to, you know, surprise Lake middle school at, mm-hmm. for a seven thirty session that ended at 845. I go drop off the receiver that we took with us. It's 915. I get home. It's 945. I still haven't eaten dinner yet. And then I was like, when am I going to wake up at 430 to go running tomorrow and then still get my kids to school? Yeah. I'm just going to sleep in. But I felt a certain way all day. But I I think maybe, maybe, I don't even know if this is a good or a bad thing, like, but maybe I've gotten more okay with like, oh, just stuff's going to happen. I need to be more dynamic and stuff like that. Like I did my run this morning, which was great because I knew I was going to like be vlogging today and I was going to come hang out with you and my day was a little bit lighter. And I was like, well, maybe all these things kind of worked out for the better, but there is a degree of like, I'm not in control. And all day yesterday, I felt like I wasn't doing, I did jujitsu twice yesterday. So two hours of jujitsu yesterday. And I still feel like I didn't do enough yesterday. Yeah. Which, but that's just my brain, right? hundred yeah. percent. I get that too a lot. Like, did I do enough today? And I hate that feeling. I think all the time about like, I want to maximize every single one oh, of yeah. my 28,000 days. I'm going to give it everything I got every 100%. day. I want to get done with my day and be utterly and completely mentally and physically exhausted and know that like, I siphoned everything out of that day yeah. that I possibly could. And when I don't feel like that, I just, there's a negative thought that I have to battle. hundred percent. I'm the same exact way. You said 28,000. Why 28,000? Uh, there, there, there was some research that said like average lifespan of a person is like 28,000 days. Oh, okay. There's like, it's kind of cool. They how have many like, years is that? Uh, I have no idea. Like 80, I think. But if you do the math or how many days you wasted already, it makes you feel a certain way. Oh yeah. <laughs> but okay. so there's, there's a couple guys that I follow. Uh, Jeremy Miller's one of them. He has a counter <clears throat> on his wall. And he just, it's like a, it looks like a old bubble sheet for like a test or something like yeah. that. And he just bubbles off every day and you're just watching the ink. That's crazy. So they just, it's just constant reminder of like, yeah. man, did I, did I maximize my minutes? Did I make the most of yesterday or today or whatever? Maybe Dude, the thing that hit me hard with my daughter was somebody said, uh, enjoy every moment. Cause you only get 18 summers. Yeah, dude. And the, you already, you already spent five of them. Cause my daughter's gonna be six. And I'm like, Whoa. I got three more with my oldest one. 
That's crazy. Yeah, that changes it completely. <laughs> like that puts it's it like in Steve, such a crazy. Steve says like I have X amount of Christmases left with my dad. Yeah, that is. And nuts. I'm like, oh man, like that's a lot. Yeah, that is crazy. All right, let's let's get into this list because this is where I think it's good. Thirty um, minutes of going. <laughs> oh yeah, but it's all gold. Yeah, people will love this because it's just it's these are the kind of conversations I love and why I want more in person podcasts because it just it, so much good comes out of it. It's yeah. why like when we get on a call. I was walking around my neighborhood and then I realized an hour had gone by. <laughs> Shannon had texted me like three times. She didn't know I was on the phone with you. She's like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> there's a long walk tonight. Yeah. Get kidnapped in the neighborhood. <laughs> um, can you do me a favor and, and shut that door yeah. just so when the, when Brandon gets here, it doesn't make noise. But basically what we're going to do, guys, is is I uh, originally thinking that we were going to be recording episode 1000. I was like, what would be really cool and, um, you know, shout out to, not that he listens to this. I don't think he does. Um, maybe he does because he follows all my other stuff. Um, Josh Kraft, because he was talking about um, Stoics and philosophy. And he was like, he was like, if you ask yourself deep questions, if you think really hard about stuff, which you should, you're a Stoic philosopher. He's he was, like a modern day Stoic philosopher yeah. for sure. And he, but he was just like, everybody's a philosopher. What is philosophy? Philosophy is, is thinking. That's it. It's just your thought process on stuff. And it gave me approval to write down statements in my notes that I thought were worthy of making a quote. I'm not quoting myself on anything yet. I mean, we will today because I sent yeah. it to you. But I thought about this. Uh, me and Shannon watched uh, his, his talk the other. It was one of the recent ones that we watched that he said this. And I was like, man, that makes me feel really cool because I feel like I have a lot of deep thoughts and I don't share them because I'm like, I'm not Socrates. Who, who am I to be quoted? Like, sure. it's weird. But then I was like, when he said it like that, I'm like, man, if I have a deep thought that I think could change somebody's thought process and worldview, why not? That's all they were doing. They were just dudes who were like, I think this about life. Maybe this will trigger some thoughts in you. And now having. there's a yeah. book called right. uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And he's the most well-known philosopher ever. that you've read. That's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So these are, these are basically those. These are thoughts that for me, I wrote mine down. As I'm consuming content, as I'm having conversations, I wrote down one today based on something I said to somebody on the phone. I was having a, a lead call today and I literally said this to them on the phone because as I was talking, I was like, this is a good one to write down. I do that in sales all the time. Yeah. I'll like say something and I'm like, and I just made, I'll look at them like, I just made that up. It's really good. Don't let me forget yeah. that. <laughs> one second. <laughs> and then they'll laugh. Down. They'll laugh. They're like, okay, I'll remind you. Yeah. So I do that. Yeah. If I'm listening to somebody talk all, and I have different thoughts or I think they could expand on different, I'll write down. <clears throat> and I think these are just good in general. But and then I texted Cody and I was like, you need to come up with some of these too. So he had a little more pressure than I did. Oh my gosh. Um, yours are like, just wait. <laughs> some of them are longer. Sometimes I'm just like one liner and then there's probably <laughs> deeper thoughts that I could ink out. But it's usually just like a one liner that triggers a behavior or something mm -hmm. in my mind. Yeah. Whereas like yours are like, I'm like, man, I should have went in deeper on some of these. Some of them are like <laughs> one liners to me. I just can't, I have a problem with not like just leaving it short. I you just, said it, you said in one of our, like our like mastermind meetups years ago, you said, you said something to the tune of like, I literally can't like shorten my captions sometimes because there's so much that I need to, I feel like I need to deliver. Yeah. And like, it's a I'm good like, and a bad I'm the opposite, thing. man. Sometimes I'm like, I need to think deeper about this. Yeah. It's hard. I think there's a lot of reasons why you should shorten it honestly, because people want that bite-sized nugget and then they'll request more if they need more. But right. I just, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's something with me. I can't, I can't help it. That's that like against the grain. Like I refuse to brand niche. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mindset. So the first one I put, I'll let you start with mine. Sure. The f first one I put, I just remember there was three things cause it was, I actually was going to make a post about it. Yeah. So the first thing you sent me was things I hate when people say first one is, wouldn't it be nice 
you want to kind of go by these one by one or you? Yeah. Wanna, so originally yeah. I was going to write like uh, 10 things successful people never say, <laughs> which is the, what these yeah, are. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, so yeah, wouldn't go, it be nice? Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice? The first one, go yeah. ahead and read the other two. And then yeah. We'll yeah. So wouldn't it be nice? Second one, you're too hard on yourself. That like makes me uncomfortable. And then easier said than done. So everything. Yeah. <laughs> so wouldn't it be nice is to me, a way of telling somebody it's a sign of disrespect in my opinion it's 90 percent time it depends on who you say it to obviously mm -hmm. but very rarely are you actually talking to somebody who was just handed a few million dollars has never worked a day in their life and is just chilling right that would be nice it would be nice honestly it wouldn't because it wouldn't teach you anything about life and how to grow so granted it's like some people that have you know these these really wealthy people are like i'm not going to give my children inheritance because they didn't earn it yeah yeah. I love that. Yeah. Honestly, I have a really good friend. His dad is multi, multi, multi-millionaire. And uh, they all had to hold the job for three years straight without getting fired or anything from another company before he let them work for any of his companies. And I literally think all the time, companies. I literally think all the time, like, am, or am I hurting my children because they haven't felt any resistance? Yeah. And I, so I'm always thinking like, how can I apply resistance? to? Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Um, so to me, like, unless you're talking to that person, which is very rare, it's a sign of disrespect. It's basically saying you don't deserve what you have. It's saying that you got lucky. It's saying that you didn't really have to work for what you have. It's also a sign of self disrespect. In my opinion, it's saying that I don't have the capacity or the capability to do what you've done. Right. Wouldn't it be nice completely takes me out of the category, out of the race, out of the running. Like I can't have what you have. It's like that quote that says, whether you believe it or not, you're right. Yeah. Like, who, I forget Henry Ford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. Right. So to me, I, I just, I've always like struggled with that. Like I've had a few people say that to me in person. I've had people say it over the internet and it's like, I don't care. It is what it is. But sometimes I just want to be like, yep, it is. Somebody said, it, that. somebody said it to me one time at a football practice. It was another parent and same, same because like my son's good. He, he's good at what he does. He's a good kid. The coaches like him. He's very likable. We're a likable family in the area, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was sitting there one day and it was right when I had gotten my new truck and he was like, man, I've been looking for a truck like that for, for some time. must be nice to be able to afford that. In my head, I'm like, you didn't see the hours and hours and hours mm -hmm. of me grinding in the dark alone when nobody knew my name or my business or my family. I was a nobody. I moved here 10 years ago from Virginia. Like, what do you mean? In yeah. my, I, I, like in my head, I went to that. I like saw red for a second. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to choke this guy with my bare hands. Yeah. I didn't. I sat there and I, and I kind of did the same thing. I was like, yeah, man, I worked really hard for a long time. And I just kind of left it at that. Yeah. And sometimes they don't even mean anything negative about it, but we they take just say it, it so way. much. Well, no, I think they say it so much. They don't even know how like, exactly. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and it's such a common statement that it's discrediting, but even to that effect, like, wouldn't it be nice speaking of your, your son? Well, it is nice, but it's also because of the way we act around him. It's the way For we sure. raise him. It's the way like, Oh, wouldn't it be nice if my son was the star quarterback? Okay, we'll take them to private quarterback lessons. Be there at every single... There's been, for people listening, there's literally been trips I've invited Cody on. Cody is the person... I just really didn't even say they'll know because of the title, but like... Um, I've invited Cody. I'm like, dude, you got to come to this event, blah, blah, blah. I can't. Son's got a football game. My first thought is like, bro, he has like 200 football games a year. Like what? And then my second thought is like, damn, that's impressive. I've had I've had many a conversation. There, there's very very successful local entrepreneur many stores she you know does fashion and stuff she mm -hmm. had said to me one time like you don't have to be at every one 
like I, I could never do that. Like there's so many things that there's so many people need me, blah, blah, blah. And I let her set her, th- she said her piece. And then as I sat in that for a second, there was two thoughts I had. One was like, well, maybe I am like overdoing this a little bit. I should retreat. And then it always goes back to like, what am I going to remember? Like the success that I had or like seeing my son freaking sling that football. Mm-hmm. I love it. I like walk away with an adrenaline dump and losing my voice every single game for all of my sons, but all of them who play sports. Yeah. We got a game this Sunday. I was like, cancel everything we're doing that day. I'm not doing anything. We're going but to dude, the game. Like she, she what, and no, no shade to her. Sure. And, and I'm, and that, that was I could never do it. Shade yet. Right. I could never do it. My, I would never say this to her cause I'm a nice person, but I'd be sure. like, and that's why your son won't be the best. He won't be, you know, and granted, maybe he will like, he could be a phenom, but one of the elements of the best is that they're willing to do what nobody else is willing to do, which I probably wrote down there somewhere. <laughs> like you got to be willing to do what nobody else is willing to do. If you want to be the best, that's what it is. Right. So the, wouldn't it be nice that's the perfect response, to be honest with you. It is. Yeah. I'm willing to do what you're not willing to do. Yeah. Like, plain and simple. Like, yeah. me and Shannon have this conversation all the time because, like, there was a lot of, like, especially early on, and I'm not successful by any means, in my at least in my imagination, of, of what I know is possible, you know. But earlier in the success of tailored coaching method, like, seeing even, like, friends or people saying those things. I remember um, the wife of one of my friends at the time saying that. And that one like really got to me because like Shannon's sitting there going, you have no idea what he's going through and what he has gone through and what I've had to deal with. Like I'm sitting here looking at you and like, wouldn't it be nice to not deal with the responsibility, the pressure, the stress, the load on your, his shoulders, which gets put onto my shoulders. You know what I mean? And then also on top of that, nobody sees the sacrifices. You know what I mean? Not even just from like a hard work perspective or sleepless nights, but like, not going out, not seeing friends, not being close to people. Like there is a lot of sacrifices to a lot of people won't seem worth it. And that's totally fine. But to be the best, to be the greatest, to leave. I actually thought about this the other day, man. Like, and I don't know what, I think it was, I was talking to Garrett and I think that's what made, cause he only has girls. He has two girls and he was talking about it. And he, he was like smiling. He said it. And he was like, I, I, you know, at first I could have been like, God, why didn't you give me any boys? Like to like pass down like scenes, like smiling stuff. And I'm thinking about that. And I'm like, Man, I almost like having a girl because it makes the pressure of people remembering my name that much greater. Yeah, you gotta make I, your you gotta make your den a little deeper. I can't rely on like I got a son, so he'll do it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like the the this is another thing Josh said, you'll love this. Your kids' uh, floor is your ceiling. Mm. So he's like, the reason I'm going to be successful and great is because my dad created so much success that I got to witness that his ceiling he's building and reaching is where I'm starting. That's dope. His ceiling is my floor. And I was like, whoa. And I go, man. Which makes your ceiling want to be higher. Exactly. Because wherever I get to is where Blakely gets to start from. Can I tell you an interesting thought? Yeah. It kind of goes in line with that. So like my son's already kind of being recruited. He's got some D2 schools that are like hitting him up, which is like insane. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. But inside of that, I, I, I'm thinking, here's my crazy thought, man, if he gets to the NFL, like I'm competitive. If he gets to the NFL and he's like making millions, I need to make sure that I'm making, mm-hmm. I'm making that when he gets there too. Right. Because it's like, I don't want him to look down on me ever. And be like, let me, let me throw my dad some change. I want him yeah. to, I want us to do this together. It's to like, man, like my dad taught me to never settle for 1 million. Yeah. To not settle for 2 million. And it's not, I'm just using monetary stuff as like an example, but like yeah. to just never, to never be okay with like, you know, where we're at, like we're always seeking more, we're always yeah. seeking growth. 
but that's kind of like an interesting thought of me. I'm like, man, this dude makes it to the NFL. Yeah. I got to be more successful, you know, like, or I'm, I got to give him something that he can still look up to. hundred percent. Well, and so that I'm glad you said that. Cause, and I'm going to say this, not challenging the idea of money. Cause I do think that money is a trackable metric. And I do think money isn't success. Success isn't money. I should say, but a part of it's like the byproduct. It is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, I've said it a million times, I've chased money and it didn't give me success. I've chased purpose and it gave me both success and money, right? So like it's in there and it's a measurable item. Like I can't, I don't have a purpose meter that shows you how much purpose I've created. I can just tell you that I feel it. But this account going up does. Exactly. So (laughs) it is a metric, right? It's the same thing with weight loss. People are saying, well, it's not the only metric. You're right. You shouldn't only pay attention to the scale. But if the scale's not going down and you have 40 pounds to lose, I'm sorry, we should be seeing some weight loss and I'm just going to be transparent, right? So there, there's numbers involved. But I think that no matter what, your son will always, your son's more likely to get there because of you. He's more likely to do the right things when he reaches that level of success because of you. And I think just in general, there's so much more involved with the life success of your son than money that you could never use that comparison. You know what I mean? I think the values you've instilled in him, I don't think he would ever, there would just like, there's never going to be a point where he would look down because of the financial aspect, you know? And I say that from somebody who's seen you around him multiple times. I know him. I know you. Um, I know how your thought process works. I know your family values. I know how you guys operate as a unit. Like, so I say that with a lot of confidence. And I also say like, man, like it's honestly, as another father, I've been inspired to step up ever since uh, being at the baptism with you, man. Like, so crazy. dude, like not to make you cry on the podcast, but like for people listening, I watched. So at first we were in a private room, so Cody wasn't around and the pastor asked why, you know, why do you want to get baptized today? And his answer was so great because he's still, I mean, how old is he right now? Well, uh, he just turned, he'll turn 15 next Friday. Okay. So he's a big kid too. I mean, you're massive. So my daughter still calls you big Cody. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Cause I said it on the way, to, on the way she was like, who's your friend again? I was like, I call him big Cody. Just yeah. joking. Yeah. Now she won't let that go. Love it. Um, but like he's young. So it had nothing to do with, I mean, it did have something to do with Jesus, but it was like, it his, the first words of the mouse was like, I just want to be like my dad. My dad's my hero. And I, I have I, no I just, idea, dude. I want to do everything that he does. I want to be just like him. And I, and I, I want to love Jesus too. It was like an afterthought, no yeah. disrespect. But sure, it was sure. like, of course it's his faith. But like hearing that, everybody in the room was just like, like stabbed in the heart. Like, oh my gosh. Like I want that as a, as a parent, you know? Yeah. And then watching him do it in front of everybody, in front of you and seeing like the photography of you and Meg just crying. Like, dude, it was such a just special such a moment. Yeah. But like that is the ultimate testament. You know, and man, I, I love my dad to death, but I've got to be transparent. I've never said that. Oh, I don't know I, many I people. I could have. easily say the same. I don't know many people who have said that I want to do everything he does. I want to be just like him. He's my, like, it was crazy. But hearing like that is the most proof you'll ever need to know that like money is not going to determine the success of that kid. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? And like, he'll never define success by money. He'll define success. It's like by, I brainwashed him his entire life. To be successful. Yeah. And part of that is being around guys like you, being around like just always trying to put myself in rooms with people that are above me or like are further ahead of me and just like learning and trying mm-hmm. to pass it down because like I want to brainwash him to like, yeah, like we don't even talk. Like he's like, dad, like, you know, I think I'm getting recruited. Like there's some D2 like recruiters that are hitting me up. And I was like, what's our goal? And he's like, 
He's like, D1. I was like, no, no, no. Like, what's, what's our goal? He's like, NFL. And I was like, so whether we go there or not, mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't want to, I don't want to be okay. Like, I don't want him to be okay with like, this is the goal. Set where it's the like, standard. the goal can be so much more. Yeah. Like, we're not just trying to like, I, and I say we, because like, I feel like I'm very much like a, this. I don't want to sound like a dad that's like living through my child because like my dream was never the NFL. Mm-hmm. My dream was to, to have a family and to lead and stuff like that. But it's been interesting because I'm like, no, no, no. Like I am going to be a, a tool in your development and make sure that your, your God given gifts, talents and treasures are realized. And I'm going to hold you accountable and I'm going to give you everything you need. And I will do that for each of mm-hmm. my sons. But it's like the, I want to tell him the goal is not here. The goal is far above where we're looking and don't settle for anything less than that. Yeah. But as much as I agree, I don't like to use the word brainwash because I feel like brainwash can sure. be taken wrong. I feel like it's, it's cause there we've had conversations where you've even be like, Hey, I think I want to bring them around you because I don't want to be the one that's like, ha- like trying to hammer this message. I want him to see it. Mm-hmm. He sees me live this. I want him to see another successful man live this. And I think that's like a really big Testament. And then it's honestly, proof of concept. It is. And it's just really smart to be honest with you. Like, yeah. cause if I'm constantly saying, you gotta do this, do this, do this, do this. There's going to be some resistance. But if I'm just around my dad and I see him doing this and then I'm around his other friend who's super cool and successful, he's also really good looking and And he's doing it too. And then the next guy that my dad introduced me to is doing it. You know, now all of a sudden it's like, okay. Well, he looks at your content too. So I think that helps too. hundred percent. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, dude, like that's, and that's, that's extreme ownership to me. It's like, if I could, like you said, I'm not going to take credit for it, but let's say like, the only, if you think, I think this is actually a healthy thing to do. If the only way that boy will be successful and make the NFL is if you are breeding him to do it, you're raising him to do it, you create the environment for him to do it. If that's the only way and you believe that you're going to change the way he grows up. Right. So I even think of like, okay, it's, this is a way easier way to visualize it. But if every single time Blakely throws a fit, it's because of me. It's because of how I acted. It's because of how I responded to Shannon that one time. It's because of how I raised my voice when I didn't need to. Whether it is or not, yeah. if every single time was my fault, I'm going to make the most change in myself. And that's going to cause way more influence on her for the better. It's not going to eliminate every fit ever. Sure. But like, it's going to change a lot. This could, be a, this could be a whole separate part. Because like, I think about this with like, because I've seen, because sometimes I think, I've seen it with my wife, mm-hmm. right? Brainwash, if you will, right? Like yeah. I've seen, well, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop telling her what I think she should do because that never goes well. Oh yeah. I'm going to stop when she asks me for advice or feedback. I'm going to try to do that even less and try to not find myself in, 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 I guess, situations where that would come up. But I've actually just been thinking like, well, I'm just going to be more like open and transparent and show everything that I think and do. I think that's how her relationship with, with Jesus has gotten deeper. I think that's how she's gotten more out of her box and like gone to, you know, been around other environments and she's engaging people in friendship. And it's just like, she's now starting to see like, Oh man, if I read this book and I implement some actions, like I'm just, cause I used to just do it in the dark, you know, four yeah. in the morning by myself. But now it's like, no, no, I want to be out in the open. It's the same reason when I, when I'm wiping the sink in the toilet at the gym, I open the door. Mm-hmm. I just want people to see me do it. Yeah. And it's not because I'm looking for, cause I don't want them to say anything to me about it. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when they see it, they know that I'm doing it and maybe they'll re- like, well, well, Cody's pretty successful. He's a nice guy. If he's, yeah. not, he's too good to, not too good to wipe the toilet. Maybe I could too, you know? So it's like, but I've seen that 
now the, the living it out when people see it, like I, I think people that follow you and see your content and see the things you post and the way that you think, it's like, yeah, you're talking fat loss, you're talking getting muscle, you're talking about getting jacked and having a really good life, but like you're also teaching things that you live out on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's like, it's, it's getting people to do the same things in their life and you're like making little Cody's yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that this could be added to the list of things I hate when people say. Oh. Um, do what I say, not what I do. Mm. That's a very common saying. It is the that's insane. It's the worst thing ever. Literally the worst. Do what I say, not as I do, is like literally the opposite of extreme ownership, right? So every horrible parent I've ever been around. Exactly. That's exactly, and that's why the reason this came up. I mean, dude, Josh is full of these, dude. Mm -hmm. Like the things he says, I've like taken so many notes, but he said that, yeah. And he was referring to parents and being a better parent, and me and Chan looked at each other. I was like, wow, a lot of people say that. And then I go, I got to sit down and think of everything I tell Blakely she needs to do, has to do, whatever. And if I'm not doing it myself, I need to shut the hell up because that's, I'm not practicing what I preach. I'm not living that way. You know, it's like, even it's like when the, it's like the coach weight loss thing, it's like the coach. 100%, shape the, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And even so, like you mentioned your wife and it's the same thing there. Like there was one time, this is a while back, but I brought, um, cause I've, I've thought this forever. The situation deserved me to give an apology. Let's just say that it, it was definitely like, this is my bad. I need to take ownership. Yeah. And so I walked into our bedroom where my wife was at and Blakely was right there with me. And she was like, what is she doing with you? And I was like, I want her to see this. And she was like, she doesn't need to be here for this. I was like, no, she does. She needs to see what it looks like when a man takes responsibility for making a mistake mm-hmm. because she's going to have a man someday. And yeah. I'm going to make sure that it's an actual man, you know? And so like, I, I literally sat there. I was like, you can just, just sit here, just listen. I just want you to hear this real quick. And then I just talked to my wife. I apologize. I said exactly what I did wrong, why it was wrong, why it's unacceptable and how I'm not going to do it again. And I want to make that commitment in front of both of you. And it's like, that's exactly that's doing not saying right. Like, yeah. that, but that's the perfect example. Yesterday, my neighbor apparently asked my wife, I was going to work and I leave pretty early. I saw the office light on you guys like, is Cody up that early? She's like, yeah, he gets up and he gets right to personal development and working. Like, holy! I mean, I I was leaving at like five in the morning. I woke up and got in my car and left. And he's like, like that alpha dad stuff where they say like just the, the little memes that are out there where mm-hmm. it's like how to be an alpha dad and it's like he's doing this big farmer's carry down the middle of the street. Yeah, right? like that's alpha dad <laughs> stuff right there. But uh, you know what I'm saying? That's like that's me doing. And it's it's even better too because it's like that doesn't get posted and it's also not like my client who saw it. Mm-hmm. It's a random person. And so and and now I would have never shared this unless this conversation wasn't happening. But sure. it's cool because it's like when you see that stuff arising in your day-to-day it's because you're acting not because you're saying and hopefully it stirs you up yeah 100 percent. that's what i think of too i'm like man hopefully he gets fired up and does some good um all right what was the next the next one i said in there Um, the next thing i hate to say you're you're too hard on yourself i feel like that's how you have to say it you're too hard on yourself yeah so again remember the context of nobody successful ever says this so if you're, this is just my opinion and I have a podcast as we're recording this, it's going to drop on Monday. And I, I went on like a 30 minute rant about how self love is self delusion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I stole that from Ed Milet, but he said trigger, that, trigger some people. Oh yeah. He said that in kind of like a passing on, he started talking about other stuff. And I was like, I want to, I want to like sit with that yeah. because self love isn't always self delusion, but I think it becomes self delusion when people say that self-love is defined by accepting yourself for who you are and where you're at, which is the opposite of growth. So if 
accepting where you're at, who you are, what you have. If everything's fine, you're just, you need to be good. Don't be so hard on yourself. That means that self-growth is wrong, right? Because if I need to change, then that's, that's a negative thing. Well, you can't grow if you don't change. So to me, I was like, man, this is where body positivity and self-love and all these things get out of hand. It's like, no, the rule of thumb is simple. Don't be super negative to yourself. Like, don't talk bad in your head. Don't say very, like, hurtful things to yourself. Like, you should love yourself, but you should love yourself enough to change. If you really loved yourself, you would look at yourself and go, hey, this isn't acceptable. I'm going to give myself grace. I'm here. I'm just going to accept where I'm at. But I'm going to create change because I love myself enough to live a better life and a better body with a better family, with a better attitude, with better energy, whatever you want to call it. You know, whatever's wrong or not in the right place. So that one to me is is kind of in the line with that whole self-love being self-delusion thing. I think it's just nobody who really has created change and created success says you're being too hard on yourself. I think we'd have a lot more success in the world if, if people stopped enabling people. Yeah. People stop saying like, hey, it's so, it, I don't know, they're, they're, I see this in the Christian environment a lot about there's, there tends to be a lot of people that will speak negatively of preachers that like reach for more because like, mm-hmm. there's like the celebrity pastors, whatever. It's like, well, they, they just kept growing and you didn't. And yeah. there's, I mean, and obviously some of them had like moral failures and stuff like that, but not all of them. And, and most of the time it's just like, well, they, they just kept growing. And, and they were they were hard on themselves in certain situations. Because, like, usually when you're hard on yourself, it's because it's a weakness that you know you should change, and you're just, like, enabling yourself to not change it. Exactly. I'm reading a book right now called Be Your Future Self Now. Have you ever read that before? I don't think so, no. It's, dude, it's so, it's so cool because it, it just talks about, like, it's kind of like the, the who do you need to become question. Yeah. But you just always think about yourself through, like, well, who, what, what does future Cody look like? And then I'm going to always strive to be that person. And, like, if I'm not now, it is okay, but it is not okay to not become that future yeah. party in the process. Yeah. And I think that's what I meant here too, is like, maybe it's not, you're, don't be so hard on yourself. Maybe it's, um, don't enable yourself, right? Like don't accept where you're at mm-hmm. to me. Like that's like, going back, you're obsessed with not being mediocre, right? Yeah. That's what it is. Like staying static is, that's a failure to me. Like more than anything, oh, yeah. it's like, if I'm not changing, man, like I have a really big issue with not, being able to look back at my day or my week, especially my month or my quarter or anything and being like, man, I did not grow. Like I had multiple months last year that were just not good for me. Mm. But thankfully the year ended in a place where I could look back and be like, I get it now. I know why I like went through that stuff. I know why that happened for me. None of that happened to me. Yeah. And even in the moment, I'm the type of person where I'm like, I know this is happening for me, but I don't know why. And so it's really frustrating and it's hard to deal with because I don't get it. I don't know what I'm supposed to learn here. I don't know what I'm supposed to get out of this. But then you get through it and you're like, ah, mm-hmm. I get it now. Um, but again, that comes from growth. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, all right. Last last thing that I hate when people say, and then we'll go to, we'll go to yours. Easier said than done. I think that's so similar to the, wouldn't it be nice? easier said than done. It's nothing done is easy. Everything is hard until it's easy. That's an old Chinese proverb. Everything is hard until it's easy. It's like there is no path to greatness or success or results that is easy. So it's like, of course, I want to say that next time somebody says that to me, easier said than done. Well, duh, Duh. everything is easier said than done. Correct. Literally everything. Uh, Just, I can think of zero things and you, 
kind of said this in a way too, like I can think of zero things that have made me better yeah. or successful, or it's just like working out. You got to lift heavier weights. You got to bust your muscles up to get better. Right. It, same thing with stress. And, and, you know, to, to talk, talk about faith, like, you know, like you're going to go through it to, to become more it's the same thing. Like, yeah, you, you're going to have to do something hard. If you're listening to this podcast, like whatever you're trying to do it, you're going to have to do something hard to get there. Yeah. You're not going to get there easy. And if you're avoiding the easy thing, and I think thing. this is one of my things, right? Like if you av- do the easy thing in the short term, you, you will definitely experience hard times in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do the hard thing now, you'll experience a much easier time Correct. in the long term later. Yeah. Partially because everything that comes your way, you're going to be able to deal with more. Correct. But it's just, yeah, I think that everything in general, like easier said than done is such a common thing. And I just want anybody who says that, like if you're listening to this and you say that, like I want you to say it and then stop yourself. And, and if you say it to somebody else, stop yourself and then like, just apologize for saying it, like change your thought process on it because it, it really is duh. So like if you're saying easier said than done, just know that that's also you saying, I don't believe in myself enough to do it. That's really how it is. Cause or, like, let's say I'm a, I want to open a gym and then I look at you and I'm like, man, easier said than done. Oh, so you don't believe in yourself. You don't have confidence that you can do it. Like that, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's a lack of certainty, which is crazy, but that's literally what it is. So what I actually do and, uh, and I do this, I do this when I email clients, when I talk to clients on the phone, I do this with my team. I do this with my wife. I will say, I know it's easier said than done before I tell them what I want to get done. Literally. Yeah. So I go, I know it's easier said than done, but I think the best thing to do here is blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. Like, because I think about this all the time, like with, if, if my wife struggled with something or my daughter struggling with something, same thing. It's like. I, this dude this morning I did this because she was she had a little attitude and she was which it was actually really cute it started the morning started bad because she woke up she comes out of her room and it's like seven in the morning and I'm in the I'm cooking breakfast like because I've been up so sure. I've already done my cardio I've done my journal I've done everything she comes out and she goes dad and I'm like what I told you I was gonna wake you up <laughs> and I literally was like what Last night you said, and then I thought about it, I was like, oh my gosh, we were playing teachers, or no, I'm, well, it started as teachers, then it turned into mom, so she's mom, and then me and Shannon are brother and sister, and she's like, which is as gross as that <laughs> so she's like, somebody was listening, and they were like, what? Well, like this, and this is, this is how girls play compared to boys, yeah, yeah. She, she'll be like, oh, sweetie, that's such a good drawing, okay, you just, I want you to draw a dolphin, and just, and then she's like, okay, dad, pretend you don't know how to draw a dolphin, you need my help. I'm like, okay. Oh, I don't know how to draw a dolphin. Oh, it's okay, sweetie. I'll teach you. And then she'll like start doing yeah, it. Yeah. And then she goes, okay. And now pretend that. Blah, blah, blah. And then she like, I'm so like, what's like the fe- point of this? So she's like feeding you your she script. Does, 100%. <laughs> and if you do it wrong, she's like, that's not what you're supposed to say. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? I thought we were playing. This is supposed to be like yeah, yeah, yeah. two way. But we we're playing that. And she was like, in tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake you guys up. Mm. And I was like, okay, but you got to get up before us. And she was like, okay. And I, we, neither one of us thought it was serious. And so I go, she was still in mom mode. She was. Yeah. And so I go, Hey, perfect idea. Mom's not up yet. We can go wake her up. She was, I didn't know she was up yet. And so we like sneak into the bedroom and Shannon's already like doing her hair and she's like, Hey, good morning. And Blakely just melts down. Cause she didn't. Oh, no. Yeah. It was like, it was a whole thing, but she was, had to get ready for school. Shannon was taking care of like making her lunch and everything. So I, I was about to leave and I just kneeled down. I was like, Hey, I know it's easier said than done, but you got to change your attitude. I can't. Yeah, you can. You're in control of it. Yeah. Your attitude can be sad. Sometimes I'm sad and it's very hard. It's way easier said than done for me to just start being happy. But I just think of happy things. I got to do something happy 
to change my attitude. And if you change your attitude, I'm pretty sure mom will probably give you something nice, you know? And cause she was like, mom's not letting me do this. And I'm like, well, it's cause you were acting the way you were acting. Yeah. But which is funny too, because like Shannon ended up walking around with this like YouTube video of like fart noises and everything, she just starts laughing. Everything was <laughs> fine. And now she's happy. And I'm like, oh. toilet humor always changes. Everything. That's always yeah, it. Yeah. But perfect example. It's like, because I know that the thing is, is it eliminates the response. I know if I say, hey, you just got to change your attitude. She's going to say it in a different way. But anybody would say easier said than done. So if I come into it and say, I know it's easier said than done, but you really got to change your attitude. Yeah. Now they have no response. If I eliminate the response they're going to have, they have no choice but to say I can't, which nobody wants to say. Yeah. Or they have to agree with me and try. Yeah. This will be hard. Insert thing that is hard. Bingo. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Love that. So, all right. Your first one. Okay. You cannot solve anyone else's problems unless you solve your own. This Love one that. thousand percent goes to self-leadership. This is kind of like the core tenet of my life. And I didn't know this was my core tenet in my life until I would say probably this past year. And, and it would, I was validated hopefully not like, you know, sometimes when something that you wanted to do always becomes validated, it, be, it can, it can become a weakness. Mm -hmm. So this was validated in my son's baptism. But like, I've always just tried to like in my business, I've always struggled with managing people because it's just like, I do so much better. Like, Hey, I'm just going to do this thing and I'm going to live a certain way and you can just kind of see how I'm doing it. And then if you implement the things I'm doing, you're likely going to be successful the same way. Right. Because I just value, like I, it's the same reason I watch vlogs. It's the same reason that like I can just watch how people live and I get so much from it. It's like I get to watch how they lead themselves and they don't even need to tell me anything about what they're doing. I'm just going to pick out the things that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Like even down to like, what is the espresso machine in that video? Because like, I think that's awesome. You made it very, anyways, all that being said, I just think that before you can do anything for anybody, you have to lead yourself well. It, it, this goes for coaching, this goes in parenting, this goes in marriage. Like, how could my wife, how could my wife look at me as somebody that she wants to follow, somebody that <clears throat> she wants to spend the rest of her life with if I did not lead myself well? How could I speak to my children about being a better person, living a, living a good life, being, you know, uh, having empathy for people if I did not exhibit those behaviors in my day-to-day -day life? So, this also goes in line with the thing I was telling the team about like, how could we ever possibly lead our clients had we not like led our gym the proper way? So that one statement has been kind of my defining principle for the past few years and, and something that I still strive for every day. And now that it's kind of been validated, it's like, it's like, I don't want to be found out that like, oh man, I'm going to let my foot off the gas. Like I'm going to keep going. So mm -hmm. I just, I just have this belief that if you can, if you can show up constantly pursuing something better, leading yourself the appropriate way, then you will just create this long life of success through that. And then in turn, we'll be actually be able to help people on a higher level. I just, I've met zero people in my life. They were able to help me in any capacity who did not lead themselves well. Cause yeah. I just want respect anything they say. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, that's the exact same thing with, um, shit, even the, um, uh, the guy I see in my light on, you know, it's like, it's like, you got to do it all the time. Because that's the only way you know. Mm -hmm. Like, I can tell somebody, hey, you got to wake up early and you got to have a routine because, you know, I read Craig Valentine's morning routine book mm -hmm. and supposedly it's a really good idea. Yeah. Or I could say, this is what I do and it works really well, you know, and that's going to pay dividends, right? And that it, it, it's the experience. I have a, a coach right now who 
uh, he's a coach and he's a client of mine. And uh, this is basically what I told him why we need to keep pushing the cut. He was like, man, I'm, I'm just like, I'm getting to that point where I'm getting pretty hungry. We haven't reached the, de- uh, the end goal yet, but I'm lean. I lost fat. Like, I feel great. Like, I kind of want to pull back so we can, I just can focus on business and stuff. And, you know, I want to shift gears to like Versailles and stuff. I'm like, hey, you're early on in your business. And a big part of that is showing up and doing the work. And when you tell your clients how to deal with hunger, but you've never had to deal with it, you're a charlatan. Mm. You're a liar. Plain and simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I tell my clients, hey, like next time you get hungry, I want you to sit with it. And I want you to think about how the hunger doesn't actually control you. And better yet, you're not in the middle of nowhere, stranded on an island, starving. Like, right. you're going to be fine. Like, I've, I've literally said this to people, too. Like, I'll be like, hey, so, like, when you're hungry, are you dying? Mm. Well, no. Okay, so you're going to be okay. It's like that hangover thing, but did you die? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're going to be okay, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So sit with it. If you're still, if you still want to go for it after you're sitting with it, great. But we know you're not going to die. So sit with it for five, ten minutes. Go on a walk. Drink a glass of water. Just think about it. Yeah. Do you control it? or? And this is, like... Kind of sounds psycho, but I do this all the time. I don't want to sound like a control freak, but like when I deal with hardship, I'm like, does this control me or do I control it? Right. It doesn't control me. And that, uh, that gives me an empowerment to like go through it, you know? Um, but again, I can't tell clients to do that shit if I don't do it first. And this yeah. is also why I love this style of podcast and why I think podcasts are so popular. Because if you think of like interviews, it's, the, they're just a, a it's almost like taking somebody and then instead of watching all their vlogs or reading their biography or anything, it's like this person who also is interested in my stuff is going to interview them and ask them all the questions that I really am watching the vlogs to try to pick apart. And now it's just them telling me why they do what they do and how they do it. You know what I mean? Like I I used to uh, read, do you remember the website simply shredded? Uh, I think I've read a couple articles. I was going to say any of my bodybuilding people recognize it, but they used to just interview physique athletes and be like, what do you, what's your diet look like? What's your training look like? What do you do for cardio? And I would read all those and I would like see the commonalities between all these people. See what this guy does this. Nobody else does it. It's probably BS. This, these 10 people do this. I'm going to do that. Like yeah. success leaves clues. Like you said earlier, there's two things that come to mind with, with what you're saying too. And, and something I think about, I kind of want to, I want to give people some like tactical things with this. First thing is like, what do like, how do you, how you know you're, you're like leading yourself well is when, people can speak about like how you lived your life to other mm. people. Like there's a lot of times like I'll come in a room. It's like that with some of my guys on my team on the jujitsu mat. They will, they see all my stuff. They see me leading myself well, the way that I do things. And they'll talk about the things that I do to other people in front of me. So it's like, I don't even have to say what I do. They yeah. just do it for me. So it kind of validates me. And it like tells me like, Hey, the things that I'm doing, people see them and they are being led through them. Right. So that's like, be the type of person that people want to speak about what you do to other people in front of you. Yeah. Like, so that's like this thing that like now it's like, well, how can I get other people to do that? How can I lead myself greater so that people yeah. see this success and they want to talk about how I am as a person to other people in front of me? I don't have to say anything. I just walk in the room and they start saying stuff. And it's not like, oh, look at me, look how cool I am. It's just like, no, no, no. Like I've led myself really well for years and people have seen that. And now it just kind of has checked that box of like, okay, self-leadership is in my equalizer of life is high. I'm going to go and kind of work on some other things from there. Yeah, dude, that's powerful. Yeah. I think that's really good. I, I, I uh, That's similar to something I heard um, from Keith Craft. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about like, when you're gone, what does your family like say about you to others? So like if the way I visualize what he said was basically like, you know, we have, we live in a cold sack, so all the neighbors and kids hang on stuff. 
And I think when I'm out of town and somebody says, oh, Cody's not around. Is Cody out of town? What does my wife and daughter's facial expression look like? Do they say they miss me? Do they say they can't wait mm. to pick me up? Are they doing anything special for me to come home to? Like, I don't expect those things, but if they do that, it means that I'm leaving a good impression. If they miss me, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. If it's like, oh, yeah, he's gone for the weekend. Whew. What I even think about this and, and like, look, like, you know what? If it does trigger you, good. Like, you should grow up and, and man up if this is you. And I'm talking specifically to you guys. But yeah. I think of, like, there's been situations I felt awkward in this where Shannon will say what I do in front of a wife. Right? And, like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, that's just... That's part of how I live. It's nothing crazy. It's just a responsibility of being a man, right? Um, being successful, chasing growth, all this yeah. stuff. And and you've probably seen this too. The reaction of like, oh, I wish my husband would do that. Or like, oh my God, Larry never does that. I just think I'm like, I like that voice. That you damn. Did. Yeah, that's my, uh, Larry does. <laughs> I don't know where Larry came from. I don't even know Larry. Um, maybe that's why I use Larry because yeah. I know nobody listening to this is going to take offense because I do not there's know a Larry. Larry. There's a Larry right now that yeah. is like, oh, son of a gun. But think about that. You know, like, it's like, damn, if my wife was like, oh my gosh, Cody. Like, the worst thing that my wife can say is, and I've done this numerous times, Blakely says it, and it's kind of a joke now. She likes mom to cook because dad burns my food. Because <laughs> I've burnt her French toast like twice. So I'm like, come on, like, I'm the grill master. Let, let me just stay yeah, with yeah. that. Like, I always do That'll do the steaks. Mom will do everything. Exactly. Else, yeah, yeah. But like, I just think of, I think of that and I'm like, I don't ever want to be the person where my friends, my wife, my daughter, my team, anybody ever says, I wish he would do that or laugh at the fact that somebody else does something better and there's no way Cody would do that. Like that would crush me. And I just think like, if you're in that experience where that has ever happened to you because your wife does that or your team or anybody check yourself and think about that. You I think about I mean? that. Like my, you know, Megan's a nurse, right? So yeah. when she's, when she's at work, I often will get just things that she says that some of the, some of her coworkers will share with her. And it's always just like, in my mind, I think to her, I think to myself, like, I'm so glad that I live in a way that my wife doesn't need to speak negatively to anybody else. And the other thing is like, I, I've, I've told her this and it kind of annoys her. I was like, I want to be the type of husband that you go to work. And when you hear all the negative stuff from your coworkers, you know that you don't have to deal with any of it mm -hmm. and you don't get to complain because like, again, it's the, the, this is us, Jack. Yeah. I want to be Jack. I want to be oh, yeah. this, this, this hole in the world. When I leave, I want my children to sit around and be, Oh, I remember when dad used to do this. Mm -hmm. Remember when dad used to say this, I want to hear my sons repeat the same things to their children that I say to them now, the same way that Josh probably repeats yeah. things that Keith said to him. Well, think about it like this too, man. Like if, if you're not doing that, you're, you're one, you're living way below. I mean, you're, you're living a mediocre life. Yeah. Plain and simple. You know, you're not leaving an imprint on the people around you, which really isn't that hard. I mean, no matter what, you're going to leave an imprint. It's either going to be mediocre or bad because people remember that stuff. Right. Or it's going to be great. And for this is why, and like, again, Shannon doesn't listen to this. So if she did, she'll, she'll probably say something to me and laugh, but like, <laughs> I'll be transparent. Yeah. I think about this and it, it, this is part of the reason why when something comes up, oh, I think I might go grab drinks with so-and-so. Go. You should go. Like not only because I want her to have a break, but like I like traveling. I like getting places. I want her to be around people because I want her to see how other men live. 
And I think about that. I'm like, I'm constantly challenging myself to be better than the guys that she ends up around because every time she goes somewhere, I go somewhere and then we come back together. It's almost like she loves me a little bit more Mm -hmm. because you know, uh, time away makes the heart grow fonder, but like time around other people also makes you realize how great. And I, this happens to me, man, I've gone uh, to business events. I've done things and I've seen women or um like people's wives and stuff like that and some of them are great and and that's that's fine but like there's a lot of times where i'm like God, i'm so grateful i have shannon partly because she's mine so like obviously i love the way she does things more than sure. most women but at the same time there's plenty of times in public where you'll see people and you're like whew, i got lucky you know yeah. like this is no, I didn't get lucky. I earned it. Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't be nice. If for for it sure. Because it, it is not nice, right? <laughs> yeah. I think about that all the time, man. Just how can I be, so, so I usually think of the word like be undeniable mm-hmm. and being uncommon. Oh, that's good. Right? So where it's just like no matter, but, but same thing with my children when they look at other fathers and they look at me, they're like, man, my dad is like, because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say this to them sometimes. I'm so sorry that I'm so in, I'm so ingrained in what you do every day. And I speak into your life and I hold you accountable to the things that you say you want to do. Oh, and then I give my time to you because I love you and I want nothing more than to give my time to you. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm that type of father. Yeah. And then my older boy look at me sometimes and just rolls eyes like, all right, dad, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's undeniable. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And you then- can't compare me to, you can't, <laughs> I'm trying to say this without, without looking like a jerk. Like you can't compare a Ferrari to a 1991 Geo Metro. hundred percent. And that's not a cocky statement no. either. Cause it can, like, it sounds cocky. It sounds very sure. cocky, but well, it's, it's confident though. There, it is. Yeah. And the reason I'm saying it's, it's not cocky is because going back to, wouldn't it be nice and all that stuff. There's so much involved with becoming that version. It's not easy. And part of the response, so this is part of the reason why people aren't successful is because they subconsciously fear the responsibility of sustaining the success they achieve. So if you lose a bunch of weight, now you got to, you got to maintain it. If you uh, reach a level of success in business, now you got to maintain it. If you manage a team, now you got to continue managing it. If you show up as the dad, anytime you're not the dad, you're like the low dad, the worst dad, even you could be a pretty good dad, but you're going to be the worst dad now because you have already been the best dad. Success is not only something that leaves clues. It's also something that puts a ton of responsibility and pressure on, but pressure is a privilege because if you want the crown, if you want the award, if you want people to look at you in a certain way, you got to be willing to accept that pressure. You know what I mean? And so to me, I always think about that stuff in, in it, it makes you check yourself too. Cause even in the times where you slip up, now you also have the responsibility of checking yourself mm-hmm. to them and owning up to it. You know what I mean? Like I remember the first time, uh, like it wasn't the first time, but I remember when I really started focusing on being a better dad and being more present and stuff. And, uh, I went out of town and Blakely was like a wreck. She was crying. She almost like wouldn't let me leave her bed. She was like, she wouldn't go to sleep. Like it was like a really, and I was like, I didn't know how to process it because you never miss dad like this. Mm -hmm. Like mom's your everything. Mom's here. You know what I mean? But I remember that and being like, I left an impact on her that now I have a responsibility of maintaining. And I I didn't look at a bad thing. I was like, this is awesome. This is what I've wanted. It took a lot of work and it took a lot of being Ken, the Barbie doll (laughs) and playing and, and And drawing dolphins and drawing dolphins and taking her to swim and being the one like leaning down on one knee and trying to teach her a lesson. And then apologizing when I get mad, like to a five-year-old, like there's a lot involved with that, you know? And at the time, does that that feed you? Like it feeds me because it's just like, I like the, you know, the pressure is a privileged thing. I like knowing that there is a, there is a level of expectation now. 
it's like, you know, really high performers in sports, right? The, you know, the, think about like the pressure that Tom Brady felt to continue to perform. These coaches know that the NFL coaches know they're going to get fired if they have a bad season. Yeah. Like maybe we're not going to get fired as husbands, but it's just like, I want everybody in my realm, in my, in my, in my sphere to like, just feel that like the energy of when I'm there. And I like it that they, they start to expect that. And if I do have an off day or something like that, it's my job to like pick it up the next time. If I I have an off day as a parent or an off day as a, as a, as a husband, I know that that is also kind of a privilege because my wife expects a high standard out of me and it makes me hold myself to that standard. But in turn, I also start to hold other people around me to that same standard. Cause well, I'm, if I'm running this way, you're going to run with me like this too. Well, you want to be, if you're smart, you want to be around those people. Yeah. And that ultimately it comes down to the, the expectations you have for life and for success require a high standard. High standards require a massive commitment. And there's a lot of people who have high expectations. They're not living up to those standards that will produce the results for those expectations mm-hmm. because their commitment's too low. So it's like, uh, there's that saying, lower your standards or raise your commitment. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're never going to reach the expectations you have. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's read uh, one more of each. Kind of rapid fire them and then right. we'll, we'll okay, wrap so up. We're going to do that. I think we should just make the trip and do this more because this yeah. is, I think this is so good for people to hear, honestly. It's so funny. I wrote down all those things on that note and I think we got through one of yours. I, one. I was like, we'll do <laughs> nine each. It's like, uh, okay, so someday... I'll record episode 1000 and I'll be able to share the story about the first episodes in my garage. So I thought about, obviously this was very specific to episode 1000, but the reason I wrote that down is because I remember having a conversation with Theo, cause I started the podcast with him originally. And the conversation was like, yeah, but dude, Ben Greenfield, Joe Rogan, like these guys are killing it. Like what, who, what are we doing? And literally my thought was, well, dude, eventually, like yeah. people will be thinking the same thing. And honestly, not to like to my own harm, I literally think there's probably people who go, dude, but like there's like the Taylor Life podcast and all this stuff. Like, who am I? They compare the like oh yeah. So to me, I'm like, well, man, how do you become the standard at which people compare to? Yeah. And if you don't have that thought process in the beginning, you're never gonna overcome the fear of getting started. So, like to me, the first step in taking action towards a path of greatness is basically believing that you can become the standard at which people set for their own success. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I can have people, man, and it's humbling to think this, but I do now, like literally I've heard this multiple times. I want what you have. I want to run a business like yours. I want to have a facility like yours. I want a podcast that's like yours. Like, so I've created elements of success that lead to a standard at which they set their sights on as like a impossible goal to reach. And mind you, I, I say this easily simply because and with like complete humility, because I do the same thing. Like I know who I'm looking at and going like, that's the, like, that's the standard that I'm trying to live up to and follow because new levels, new devils, as you grow, you look at the next big thing. You're like, Oh, that's the type of business I want to run. That's the kind of impact I want to leave so on and so forth. But that's what allowed me to start with, bro, like North faces and all, cause we're in Washington, it ain't warm at like a, we had like these stools and like this like countertop table in the garage at the house I rented with some buddies. And we had one of those snowball mics and garage band. And we would lean over yeah. the table and both talk into the snowball mic. 
We're just too close for comfort. We're spitting on each other and like, <laughs> but like, cause those snowball mics are not meant for that. They're meant yeah. for like small voiceovers by yourself on a laptop. But like we worked with what we had, you know what I mean? So like, and that's another testament of like every, no matter what your journey is, you're going to start kind of eating dirt. Like it's just at the beginning, it's just, grind. it's, it's a grind. I think it's like, you got to have this delusional belief that the thing that you will, that you are chasing will come to pass. Mm-hmm. And it's just like understanding that you're going to, you're going to pay your price, right? You're going to have bad episodes. You're going to make terrible content. Some of your photos are going to be crap. You're going to have some bad guests. You're going to botch in for, in, in, in regards to a podcast, you're going to botch an interview, but it's like just knowing that all of that, all of that is just part of your puzzle, mm-hmm. like a piece in your puzzle that you're building. And I don't know. I, I've tried to get to a place where like, Hey, you know, in regards to your thousand episodes, like you and me, like my podcast has, I think like 120 or something like that. And I'm still learning. I'm still kind of going through my process, but I think it's just remembering that I do this podcast and I do these things because I like enjoy them. And I just, I refuse to accept that my dream is not going to come to pass. I was actually doing a new vision board. I don't know if you've ever done a vision board before, but I'm doing one for 2024 and haven't quite finished it yet, but I was going through some of it this morning and I, and I felt almost this resistance as like, I would put certain pictures of things on my vision board. Like I almost had like doubted myself for a second and I immediately had to like snap myself out of like, no, 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 no. Like this is going to happen this year. I'm going to check this off before this year's, this year is over. But it's like, it's like telling a lie about yourself that you're going to spend the entire year making true. Yeah. And just like chasing it and being delusional. Like you can't, you can't brainwash me any other way. Like I, this is happening. That same talk I gave where I started saying I'm a regular dude. I had a yeah. whole slide of uh, the whole slide. It was just big font. It said, you have to have a, uh, it said ignorant self-belief. And it was like, you have to have an ignorant level of self-belief that you're going to make it happen in order to make it happen. Yeah. Like no, like there's probably so many pro NBA, NFL, all that kind of stuff. When they were a kid, they're like, I'm going to play in the NFL. And the teacher's like, that's nice, Johnny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. So many people, you know what I mean? And it's like, I remember telling people like, oh, I'm going to make my own fitness fantasy factory. Like totally joking. I mean, I wasn't joking, but people thought I was like literally, literally joking. And then like a couple years later, I have this big warehouse with a gym, with a podcast <laughs> studio, a bulldog running around. I was like, I just need a foam pit. And I got it. Like my good, a good friend of mine who like started, like was part of my business that I was growing. Every day he would come in and be like, what are we doing today, Cody? And I would like quote Pinky in the brain. I'm like, we're taking over the world. Mm-hmm. And like, I've done nothing but in my head, it took him or sorry, in his mind, I think it took him a few years. But like, no, no, Cody's serious. Yeah. And now you like, you go to our county and you can't even talk about a gym without our name being in your mouth, you know? And it's yeah. just like, and, and that's hopefully doesn't come off as cockiness or arrogance, his confidence. It's just like I've spent every day of my life making that lie, if mm-hmm. you will, a truth. And it's trying to dude, like it's, it's all based on trying to leave impact and create impact in people. You know what I mean? Like somebody asked me like, why, like what's the motive or the purpose of the meaning behind you know, what you guys do for coaching with fat loss. And I was like, look, like we use fat loss and muscle growth and body composition change as a tool to teach people. Like I said earlier, to teach people self-discipline, self-control, willpower, self-motivation. So they don't have to rely on other people and patience for delayed gratitude, uh, gratification, because those things make you successful in life. And I've had far too many people say that they finally asked the girl out, say that they finally got pregnant, say that they got a raise at their job, say that they built the confidence to uh, lead whatever, a talk, a sermon, uh, their kit, whatever it is, because of what we did with your training and nutrition coaching. And it's like, at first I was like, no, you got the raise just because, you know, maybe the weight loss gave you some confidence. And then I started really, really thinking about it. It's like, no, this is like people ask, 
how do you like, how do you do what you do? How do you act the way you act? I would say both of us are this way because of the physical transformation we've made in our life. It, It starts, it's the catalyst for all life change really is like, it's not the only one that can be it. But like you talk about, like people who have a near death experience often see a dramatic change in their life. My near death experience uh, experience made me more committed to fitness, but like fitness is the catalyst that changed everything for me. And I think like that's ultimately why we chase the success. So none of this is cocky when you say those things. It's like, it's all confidence based on like, I'm finally making the impact that I've been trying to make for over a decade. You know what I mean? And when you think about it like that, it goes back to the thousand episodes. That's just reps. It's volume. What's the way to get successful? The only guaranteed way to be successful in anything is volume. Do it. What does Hormozy say? Do it. Hormozy says something to the tune of like, do something long enough or like suck at something long enough to where it's like unreasonable to continue to suck at it. He he probably says it more elegantly, but it's essentially like do the thing over and over and over again. Until it's impossible to screw it up. Right. Fail. Suck so much to where it's like, no, the the universe literally will not let you suck at that thing anymore. He actually says, I think he says, do 20 hours of something and you'll likely get better at it. Well, I'm sure at 20 episodes in, you were freaking rolling. You know what the crazy part is, is like, I've, I've thought this for a while, like the podcast that first started with like, I want to create one of the biggest podcasts in the fitness space. And then it turned into like, I just want to create impact. And this is fueling my business. This is like a main driver for our business. And now that I'm almost at a thousand and I've had time to really think about all this stuff, I'm like, now I think I understand how to podcast. Mm-hmm. Now I get it. Now I know how to be a podcaster, not a coach on a mic. Sure. Which is crazy because it's like. How do you become a pro at podcasting? Well, I guess you got to do 960 something episodes and then you go, oh, I think I, I think I know how to do this. Like now I'm really setting up the lights in the studio and the DSR camera and then I'm getting like the, the monitor all set up like I was yeah. showing you I was all excited about. Like now I'm understanding like, okay, how do I make the entertainment value of this podcast on another level, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a difference between content creator and a podcaster. I've been a content creator and I'm like, do I want to be a podcaster? I think I do. Yeah, You know what I mean? Because truthfully... I enjoy this more than anything. And I have always, my parents have said this, teachers, I have the gift of gab. Like this is, I can do this, but it's this interaction in person. And I've had visions of like people flying out and had spent a day with me, but I've also had visions of like getting some humidifiers or something in here and like smoking a cigar while we do a podcast, like making it like a cool, like you thing. do one like on your back porch, just hanging out, having a cigar with yeah. just the fire going. Kid It'd be sick. Room. You've seen the, uh, there's I don't one think the, Sean the, the audio, the audio quality would oh, be yeah? as good though. Probably not. Well, but. well, this, I'm sure your roadcaster has like noise canceling. So I've done it in the gym where like people are working out and it's great. Yeah. Oh, there you just go. cause it cancels it out. There's yeah. like a setting you can do to yeah. turn that on. Yeah. Cardone and, and Waylon did one like sitting on his back patio. I don't know if you watched yeah, that. Yeah. I saw that. So yeah. Good. Yeah. I but didn't it, watch it, but I saw that uh, picture of them. But in my head, I'm like, man, that'd be so cool. To do. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Um, last one. And then we got to, I got to eat cause we're going to train. Um, I like this cause it's short and I think it can like really yeah. take a different turn. Um, ooh, actually there's a couple, dude, you got some really good ones in here. See, like you were like, man, you put so much depth in yours, but I'm like, dude, like you can go off. On there's your, something that's everybody's like, listening to you go off on one of your parables and it's like so dense. And in my head, I'm like, man, every time you were like going in, I'm like, man, I should have thought deeper. About yeah. But this. there's something like yeah. about a man, of few words, you know, maybe, um, Okay. Uh, cause the one you said about motivated people stop, I was like, Oh, that's good. Yeah. But I want to go in order. Uh, and this one's really good too. Being different is a decision you can make at any time. Yes. So what is it that we said a little while ago about like, whether you believe something to be true or not, you're right. 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 
I think so many times, and again, this goes 100% what you said earlier about like never tell people what to do to say what, what you personally do. Like right now, as I'm leaving, as I'm leading my men's ministry, like I get up there and I just teach things that I've personally done. Right. And every time I've like set out to change something, it was like, well, I just wrote down this thing and decided I was going to start taking action on it. So I think people undervalue like how simplistic, again, not easy, mm-hmm. right? But how, how, how simplistic a change in your life truly can be. It's a decision that you make to change a behavior. And then you, if you do it long enough over a lo- or if you do it over a long enough time horizon, anything is literally possible. It's why I really struggle with certain like social conversations about how people are limited and how we should give certain people abilities to, to start at higher levels and stuff like that, because like that, that is not the case for my personal life. Like I just decided that I was going to start reading some personal development books. And I decided that I had this crazy transformation in my physical life and I wanted to do it. And I decided that I wanted to be a good husband. I decided that I wanted to be a good, a good father. I decided I wanted to be a better friend to all of my friends. And then just slowly over time, it's just like, no, no, I actually am the things that I just decided I was going to change my behavior. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I have found it to be as simple as that. It's always the action that becomes hard. It's like, okay, well now I'm going to do the thing over and over and over and over again. But it's always come from, you, you said something to me years ago that has always empowered me. You said that out of all the people in our mentorship groups that, that we would have, you always said that I would be the fastest to action essentially. And I think it was because like I would write this thing down in my journal and say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to decide to start doing that. And I just did it over yeah. and over and over again. And, and that's how I've always viewed things now. It's just even, you know, starting our goals in 2024, I said, like, I've decided I wanted to get into like doing like interior decoration. And I wanted to like a year ago, I decided I wanted to start vlogging and I just started doing it. And yeah, they sucked at first and they probably still suck sometimes. And it's okay because just, I'm getting those, I'm getting my a thousand reps in right now, but it was just all a decision. They're like, I'm going to change my identity and be that thing. Yeah. So this, I actually don't have too much to add on it because I, I would just echo everything you said. Yeah. And I think that um, the reason, in, uh, one thing I want to point out is the reason I told you that is because, and I, I'm going to say this because I think it's, this is, I ended up doing it too. And I think this is a really cool exercise for people to do. Cody asked me um, a couple questions. He was like, hey, like if you get a moment, can you tell me what you um, notice I do better than most people? What you feel like I'm skilled at? What you think I can work on? Like random stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is question, of, question of the day. Yeah. I still, do oh, that, all my, I still do it to all my mentors. Yeah. That part was different. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this was like a series of questions you took from warrior, I think. And I ended up seeing it in warrior and I took it too, but like, it was cool. Cause I was like, man, yeah, let me tell you what I think you're exceptional at. Because then you like, you basically are asking people what, what my superpower is. I asked 10 people and all 10 of them had a very common answer and it made me go, whoa, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do, who I'm supposed to be and why. Like I act the way I act is because I'm so good at doing that and it's impacting people. And I didn't realize how important it was. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to freaking lean into it and like pour my heart into that thing. And that, yeah. you know what I mean? Because that's my thing. So I think it's really, really in, in speed of implementation is definitely your thing. Like you've always been great at that. Um, Sometimes it hurts me though. Cause yeah. I'll do a thing too fast. Like, ah, a little faster than that. Let me back out of that yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Totally get that. Um, I think that's super powerful. Um, there was something I was going to say that was super important that was about um, being different. It's okay. Uh, uh, you were talking about reps. Oh, um, 
I was like drawing a blank, but cause it's about content creation and sure. stuff like that. But like, um, the, like when I think of even like you said, like, Oh, it probably sucked and it probably still sucks and everything. I think if a lot of people just realize that most people don't like the people who you should care about from a judgment perspective, like it, you should care about their opinion or their opinion is valid. They will never tell you it sucks. They'll tell you maybe feedback or criticism, but they're like pumped for you and everything, right? The people who talk shit on it, like I had somebody comment on like my uh, YouTube short the other day. It was like a shoulder video and said, you have small shoulders. And I was like, actually, my shoulders are actually one of my better parts. But on top of that, your default picture isn't even you. So like. It's a dog, bro. Let me see. Yeah. <laughs> let me see your shoulders. But the point is that person guarantees, I guarantee they have small shoulders. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? So, and I thought about this the other day because we live in a, a neighborhood. It's a, it's a nice neighborhood. And sometimes there's some people that I'm like, okay, get off your high horse and out of the Facebook group and calm down lady. Yeah. Like this is insane. But somebody bought a retail space to open a business cause it was going for sale. And all these people are like livid. They're like, why didn't we get notified that, uh, that this was selling? And like Shannon was reading me these comments and I'm like, I want to like roast all these people. And I want to say like, first of all, do you own a small business? Probably not. Second of all, if you're not seeking small business, retail, commercial real estate, you will not be notified. Because a business is going to be less successful if there's a for sale sign outside. Because then you know, they're probably going out of business. Yeah. So, you know nothing. Stop complaining. You're not going to buy it anyway. So, this person's like talking crap. Another person's like, I really hope, like, it's a bummer that we didn't get notified. And I really hope that they put what we've always been asking for in that location. I'm like, okay, yeah, this person bought this retail space. And now they're going to ask what you want to put in there. What, what you wanted in there. Oh, it's just like literally cringing. But I'm just thinking, I'm like, okay, looking at this list of people. All the people talking crap. They're all people who don't have the funds to buy it, don't have the balls to buy it, don't have an idea that will be successful, and they don't have the the ability to lead. They don't have ability to hustle. They don't have ability to, to market. They are not the candidate that is going to be in that. So why are they talking crap? Because they don't have certainty in themselves, so they're going to put that negativity on them. It makes them feel uncomfortable that their neighbor bought the, the business, the, like, retail space. There's probably people listening, so I don't want to be too specific <laughs> from the neighborhood, but like yeah. they're upset about it because they don't have the certainty in themselves that they could do it. It makes them feel weak because this person's more successful. And, and I can say that because my first thought was like, I literally got a little, I was like, well, damn, I wasn't going to get it. I couldn't buy it. I don't have like, where did they get all that money? Like, how did they do that? And my yeah. first thought is like, oh, they got lucky. They got handed, you know? Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. literally, I remember me and Shannon were talking about, it. I was like, man, I almost got a little sour but that's super cool. Like yeah. I'm super happy for them because I know the backstory now and they earned that shit. And now they're going to be able to open their dream. But like, that's super cool. What does and I hate say people. about success? He says people are either like oh, yeah. intimidated by it. They resent it or they're like inspired by it. Envious, intimidated yeah. or inspired. Yeah. So I, I think that now too, like uh, Sean Whelan actually posted something recently where he had bought like some of Rob Bailey's like flag nor fail bags. And he was like posting about it. And in my head, I'm like, that's kind of dope. Like, like that's an apparel brand mm -hmm. that you're essentially in competition with. And you went and bought his stuff and you're like promoting it. And it's because it's a friend and you want him to be successful. It's the same reason why, like, like I will literally only wear virtuous shirts ever. Yeah. But when you had your, your Taylor coaching or your, uh, Taylor life apparel stuff, I'd rip it. Is Noah still wears that white shirt all the time everywhere. Right. Where's it to practice like every other week. Right. But I think it's like, to him, it's like he gets to rep his his dad's best friend stuff everywhere. Yeah. But I just think it's because like 
no, no, no. Like I want you to be successful. 100%. I want to be a part and, and like help push whatever it is that make, that's why we try to buy everything that you drop and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I just think like that goes to the point of, I guess you are right. Like, yeah, people are going to feel a certain way about the things that I'm putting out. It's like, well, they don't matter anyways. Cause like, they're not doing crap. It, it's, they just say anything like if they put themselves in the arena to like take those blows, I think the price of success is resentment and is, hate. is Dude, the amount. And, and I think it goes for anything in life, but like even from, from a business perspective, you got to go like, well, those people aren't going to buy my stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to let me help them. Right. And I even think about this, like, you don't have to agree with everything I say. I still want to help you on your fitness journey. Cause that's what I'm good at. Like, that's what I do, you know, but I posted the picture of you baptizing me on my Instagram, you know, and I got a lot of good engagement, a lot of positivity. And I also got more unfollows than I've ever had from a single post. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't like, there's two, there's three types of people. There's the sour person who's going to unfollow me because they disagree with Ugh. me. There's the person that goes, huh? I don't, I don't agree, but good for him. And then there's a person that is like, wow, that, that makes me like him even more because I agree with him or I love the authenticity or like, that's not me, but I love how open he's being, right? The people I want to serve, the people I want to help are the people who either A, nah, not my cup of tea, but cool, dude. Or the people who are like, whether you, you are a believer or not, like you are inspired by the authenticity. You like that. It doesn't matter to me if people judge me for what I believe. I'm going to post what I post. Because those are the people that I think are going to go far in life. I think that in the same way that that's a more extreme topic, that's the same idea behind challenging yourself or being different, right? Or growing you, or it would be nice. It's never nice. It's never easy. <laughs> it's never comfortable to grow at all. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you'll be broken before you built up. So like no matter what journey you're going down, if you're chasing success or chasing to grow and be built, you're going to be broken down first and it's going to be hard. So if you're not willing to get uncomfortable, if you're not willing to watch others do it and feel insecure, uncomfortable because they're doing it and you're not, no matter what it is, whether we're talking faith or success in business or uh, transformation, to say like trainers should be fit. Mm. A lot of the people who got mad at that, they don't feel like they're capable of doing it. Even the people that are like, yeah, but some people have hormone issues and stuff. And I'm like, I know I work with a lot of them and I still help them lose weight. Like it, it's, it, it's not easier it's harder, it's but not it's, a get, it's not a get out of jail free card. No, you know, somebody said something. And I also reason. don't give a shit if you're not fit. Like, it's not like it doesn't personally hurt me. <laughs> like right. do your thing. Yeah. But I'm just, you're, you're sharing a belief that you have to the world because you're brave enough to do that. Yeah. A couple of things have happened as I've started to share my faith a lot more. One is, is, is kind of a byproduct that I didn't think about. Uh, a, a, one of my clients the other day where you know, I'm coaching in the morning and stuff like that, we get done and she comes up to me and she says, I just want to tell you, like, I'm an atheist, but I really love what you share online. What an icebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an atheist. Well, this, this was at the end of the class. I've talked to her all the time. She's yeah. amazing. And she said, but I really appreciate what you post online. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I love how you share like your scripture reading and just like your love for Jesus and stuff like that. She says, it's helping me to change my opinions on how I view Christianity. Oh, wow that's the first thing that's happened recently. And I was like, man, that's super cool. Like that's cause that's what I want to be. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to be the Jesus, the Jesus lover that people are like, man, I like that guy. He's <laughs> cool. Man, he's tattooed up. He's like listening to stuff. Like he's working hard. Like, okay, I can get down with that. Yeah. Second thing is recently I was having a conversation with another atheist style person. And she said like, you know, I'm not the things that you believe are not my personal cup of tea, but I really value 
your transparent love, your transparent and authentic love for Jesus. She says, I admire that. That's really cool. She's like, that's a love that I hope to experience one day. But see, that's a person you can respect for Correct. disagreeing with you though. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and to like completely change what the focus is on. I remember when I first started posting up, like it was, everything was fitness. I mean, it still kind of is, but like, I remember people, same thing. People got annoyed. People unfollowed people. And I say this to say, look at me now. Now mm-hmm. I literally provide for my family and change people's lives all around the world through fitness. When, when I first started, people gave me shit for it. People told me to stop posting about fitness so much. People joked about how it wasn't going to go anywhere. My, my stuff was called boom, boom performance, which sounds hilarious to me now. And people made fun of it. I had friends that would like literally clown on it and be like, dude, this is a joke. Come on, stop. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's, it, and I look back at it now and it's like, because I was all in and I wasn't willing to back down, I became successful and more than becoming successful. And what I mean by successful really is I'm changing people's lives around the world. So like, but it takes a sense of courage in the front end, you know, and not that you've had a bunch of people making fun of you for. for oh, I had a guy when I first started, like just doing fitness in general, because I had lost like. Oh, I'm saying like, that's oh, a faith, given. You're saying faith. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine, especially nowadays, because people like look at you. If you were to do start posting like that 10 years ago, maybe, maybe it would be different. Maybe you would get some crap for it. I think it's, it's more intimidating or hard to give somebody who has done a lot with their life and is inspiring people. Like you have so much proof of your, yeah. uh, uh, you know, there's so much fruit already from, from you producing that mm-hmm. it's hard for people to like talk down on you yeah. about anything, but you still try always, <laughs> but like, there's always going to be those people, you know? Sure. And I think like the point of that I'm trying to make is whatever you're passionate about, I don't care if it's fitness or business or Jesus or like uh, marriage and like the, you can be a, a pro anything today. You can be a coach for anything today. You can be a influencer for anything today. You can be a promoter for anything today. And as long as you have good intentions to impact the world around you, it's it, authenticity is going to pay off and you have to ignore what people say. And again, going back to what I was saying earlier, most of the people that are like talking down on it anyway, they're just not people who really matter. Yeah. Like in the grand scheme of things, they got their own issues. I've actually learned to show more grace to people who are mean or crude or, um, talk down on other people because I genuinely feel bad for them. I'm like, man, I would hate to, to be a person who wanted to put people down because I'm so insecure. I feel bad for that person. I always found it interesting, like your entire life, you're told to to do more, be more, reach for more. And then as you get older, just stay in line. Yep. Why are you so different? Why can't you just be normal? Because it's, it exposes their insecurity to do Correct. the same. But I wonder, I wonder when, if there's like, like a specific point in a person's life where that, that paradigm change, like yeah. that paradigm shifts. Because you, you believe it forever. I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm playing the NFL. I'm going to be in the NBA. Like I'm going to, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to be the president of the world. Cause I remember all these things from like elementary school. Right. And then you, at a certain point, like, why can't you just, why do you do that? Why do you, why do you post it online? I used to have people that would, um, when I got on, like talking to my stories and stuff like that years ago, people started to like, like do it in front of me. What I would say to be, to make fun of me. Yeah. And I was like, that's cool. You're making fun of me. That post made me $500 mm-hmm. and you're, you're laughing at it. Yeah. I made your entire paycheck. Yeah. You know? So like, so it, but, but that's now I have that, but I wish people that are listening to this, like when you do, when you decide to do something different or like you're yeah. sharing your beliefs, like, yeah, yeah, people are going to, they're going to say Always. a certain thing about it. And it's okay. Because like, if you're being true to yourself, who cares? Yeah. And, and here's the last thing I'll say. If like, just know that we're human. So like when Cody pulls up his phone 
to talk on it before those people give him shit. He probably feels a little uncomfortable and insecure and kind of weird because he's got a camera in front of him. To this day, me and Brandon have talked about this. He's like, you should vlog your trip. I was like, bro, I feel so weird holding the camera. He's like, dude, you have a facility that's just made for content. Like, what do you mean? You feel weird shooting content? This is what you do. And I was like, (laughs) I know, man. But so like, we all feel that way a little bit. So the, like we're human, you know, it's, it's not about eliminating the insecurities or eliminating self-doubt completely. It's about having so much self-belief and a willingness to take action despite those feelings that makes you successful because you do it anyway. Love that. So, all right, we're going to wrap it up there. Hour and 40 minutes in, maybe that'll be split into two parts. I don't know, but. Uh, we got through 25% of the things we listed, so <laughs> we'll do this again. Uh, I'm going to drop Cody's, uh, I think it's just at Coach Cody Smith, right? Um, I'll drop that in the, the description of this podcast as well as mine, at Cody McBroom. Go give us a follow. Uh, his podcast is The Virtuous Coach. Virtuous Coach Podcast. So we'll put that in the description as well. If you like this, you'll like that. You'll like his content. We obviously see eye to eye, and uh, we're going to do this again because I like this, uh, this idea of these like uh, philosophy chats, yeah. we'll call them. Good. I think they're helpful. So we appreciate you guys listening. Go leave us a five-star rating review. If you have a moment, it would mean the world because we want to get this out to more people, help more people for free. That's what this is all about. Again, we appreciate you and we'll catch you next. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Virtuous Coach Podcast. Please leave a rating and review on the platform you are listening to if you enjoyed the show. This helps us to grow and reach more people with the intent of helping people grow through the Create Yourself Mindset. See you on the next episode.